Ultimate Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And we're starting with a little trivia today, all right? In 1976, the Guinness Book of World Records named The Who the world's loudest rock band. Deep Purple and Manowar have also held that distinction. But then the Guinness Book of World Records stopped celebrating or honoring that specific category out of fear of promoting damage to the ears. Talk about the crappy PC world we live in nowadays, damn it. If you can't have a world's loudest band, what can you have? Well, I got a new category today, a new new category for the Guinness Book of World Records, the world's loudest podcast. And that's right, that's what we're doing today in honor of the world's loudest month, which is May, talking with Gary Spivak and Clay Bush of Danny Wimmer Productions, the promoters who put on some of the biggest and loudest rock festivals in the States in May, including Rock in the Range, Carolina Rebellion, Welcome to Rockville, and Northern Invasion. And speaking of which, Northern Invasion lineup was just announced on Monday. Soundgarden and Kid Rock are headlining the two-day festival taking place May 13th and 14th in Somerset, Wisconsin. Also on the bill, Fozzie. That's right, we'll be playing there, looking forward to it. Along with Offspring, Godsmack, Bush, Papa Roach, Alter Bridge, Pretty Reckless, Rival Sons, The Struts, so many more. If I named all the bands playing the third annual Northern Invasion, we'd never get to the conversation with Gary and Clay, the guys who put this massive festival on and all the big festivals in the month of May during the world's loudest month. So do yourself a favor. Go to northerninvasion.com. Get your tickets. Go check out carolinarebellion.com. Get your tickets. They literally just went on sale. You'll see the full list of bands that are playing the two-day rock fest for Northern Invasion. Full list of bands for Carolina Rebellion. Lots of great festivals coming up for the world's loudest month in May. You can come get your rock on in Somerset, Wisconsin with me and Fozzie. And, of course, the Carolina Rebellion with me and Fozzie. And everyone else on these incredible bills. But Gary and Clay aren't just talking Northern Invasion. They're not just talking Carolina Rebellion. They're talking Rock in the Range. They're talking about what they went through to get these festivals up and running. They'll take you behind the scenes so you can see what goes into putting on these huge festivals. We're going to get you ready for the 2017 Rock Festival season with Gary Spivak and Clay Bush. And we're going to do that. But first, we're going to take care of your health and fitness for 2017. You want to be in the best shape possible when May rolls around so you can mosh and headbang without pulling a muscle or spraining an ankle. That's why you need to jump on the DDPY program now. Plus, it's your opportunity to take advantage of a truly great deal that Diamond Dallas Page is offering this holiday season. Dallas loves Christmas. And that's why he's offering this crazy deal. Buy a max pack or a combo pack at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and get a second for 50% off. Yes, when you buy the DDPY DVDs, you also get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app, right? You know what DDPY has done for me? What it's done for Jake the Snake Roberts and Scott Hall, Kane, AJ Styles, RVD, Corey Taylor, Rich Ward, they're all doing the DDPY program. And with this app, you can do DDPY anytime, anywhere, right from your phone or tablet. The app not only lets you do all the workouts right from your phone, it's also got a bunch of other cool features to keep you on that path to healthy living, man. You can use the DDP Yoga Now app to track your heart rate and calories. You can use it for pain tracking, measurements, and even progress photos. And DDP Yoga Now app subscribers won't ever get bored doing the same workouts over and over again because DDP has added completely new 2.0 workouts and weekly live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And like I said, Dallas's Christmas spirit is in full swing. He's offering you this incredible deal on DDPY. Buy a max pack or a combo pack and get a second for 50% off. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's all you got to do to take advantage of this great deal. Just go to ddpyoga.com com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your life today. Get in the best shape physically and mentally and do it today. 
And hey, Talk is Jericho fans, I know you love to be the first to know what's up with this podcast, who the guests are going to be on any given show, and when and where the next Talk is Jericho live podcast is going to take place. That's why Podcast One has created a new automated email system to make sure you never miss a single episode. All you got to do is go to www.podcastone.com slash Jericho to sign up, and then we'll take care of letting you know exactly when a new show is out, who the guest is going to be, give you all the pertinent details that you need to be the biggest Talk is Jericho fan in the nation. Sign up now at podcastone.com slash Jericho. That's podcastone.com slash Jericho. What do you believe? Would you have had the courage of Muhammad Ali to take on the government based on principle? Or could you find the resolve of Tommy Smith and John Carlos and raise your fist in defiance? Would you have been tough enough to hold your sisters down like Billie Jean King? I'm Chris Webber. Join me every Tuesday on my podcast, Fearless or Insane. We'll discuss sport, athletes, and their impact on society, politics, and culture. Download on Podcast One, PodcastOne.com, and iTunes. Talk is Jericho. More shots with Grohl. I'll tell you one thing about Grohl. We went to, uh, uh, we went to the Clive Davis uh, Grammy party last year. And uh, they weren't selling any more liquor, but I, I paid the waiter 100 bucks to buy me and Grohl some shots, to give us some shots. And he said he was going to pay me 50 bucks, but then I never saw him again for the rest of the night. So Dave Grohl, you owe me 50 bucks if you're listening to this. <laughs> I want my money. But, but Gary... The 14th. <laughs> I just want to hang out with him again. <laughs> yeah. But you were just telling the story about when you met Paul McCartney, uh, uh, Gary, and tell yeah, me that again. Yeah, I'm a lifelong Beatles freak, and I'm, I'm one of those Beatles nuts, um, and I know everything about him, and I probably have 200 questions for him. I would just come off as some, you know, it would be awkward. I'd be some, some like uber freak fan. Yeah. So all I could say to him was just thank you. That's all I could say. And he, he even heard that before. I'm sure. Know. Yeah. But, but I'm sure you get to the point even for him, he probably uh, still appreciates it. Yeah. You no, know, he was, I, I had eye contact with him. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you got your He's, point. Yeah. I don't know if the same could have happened with like a John Lennon or George Harrison, but Paul seems to be the most approachable. You know, it's interesting go. because talking with Lars, I remember uh, a few years ago when I first started kind of knowing him a bit, and I told him the same thing. I think when you meet your your big idols, that is always the first thing that you say is like, "Hey, thanks for the music." And and I, I remember saying to him, "You've probably heard this a thousand times." He goes, "He goes, he goes, yeah, like, yeah, but it's it's so much more enjoyable now that I'm on the other side of when I'm in my 40s and 50s than I was when I was 20." I think when you're younger, you kind of just ah, yeah, 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 whatever. But when you're older, you do appreciate that you you're influencing people's lives with right. with your work. Well, number one, that was a really good Lars. <laughs> I could go, oh, dude. I could do a great <laughs> Lars. Uh, and number two, no, if if I went to Paul McCartney, like, all right, I'm paperback writer. When you did the ba- that baseline, and you, uh, you just come off like it's too so, much, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Right, you know, Lars, when you did that drum hit on on Sabatru, you know, did you do that in one take? Or... <laughs> <laughs> so we're here with Gary and Clay, and and this is a very uh, interesting for me, and I'm really glad we got to do this because you guys are higher ups heads of state for for for, for danny Wimmer productions and danny's not here so we'll definitely be insulting him the whole time which to me hard. it's a very important thing because everyone especially if you're a musician or fans of music which we all are for years the summertime comes and all the bands go to europe because you have download and you have vodka and you got hellfest and you got uh, you know ross killed and you got all these all these big shows and there was never anything like that in the states and now suddenly over the last few few years or so we have the big destination festivals here in our country and i think that's specifically because of because of what you guys have been doing with with dwp well when we sat down a decade ago um 
as as music fans and and just and to chart our and chart our world and try to put flags in the sand, we said, okay, um, there's Coachella, there, there's Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, right. Austin City Limits, that kind of alternative dance pop alt rock lane is taken. Who's putting on? the rock festival and i don't mean like metal mm-hmm. or or punk warp tour or Ozfest back then just like rock and roll you know that we felt there was we wanted to serve the underserved we felt that this country north america was being really underserved with that so we said let's not do it in new york or la or even atlanta um let's do it where they will truly appreciate it and uh, i remember we put out we put out a map of the united states mm-hmm. and we looked right in the middle of it and it was called Independence, Missouri. Like, <laughs> let's do it there. Um, and then I, I knew one guy. It, it was it was me, Danny Wimmer, and and a partner, Dell Williams, um, who's still a dear friend to all of us. <clears throat> and I knew one guy in that area, and his name is Joe Litvag, who's at AEG Live. And I called Joe, cold call him. He took it, and I, we have this idea. We want to put on a rock festival, a Coachella for rock, and we want to do it in Independence, Missouri. And he's like, I love it. Don't do it there. I do a thing called Rockfest in Kansas City. It was it's a big radio show. But I got an idea. What do you think about Ohio? And at the time, we were looking at, at Ohio because um, we're big fans of what we call feeder markets. So Meaning Col- what? Columbus, Ohio. In the two- to three-hour drive from Columbus, you got Toledo, Akron, Cleveland, Cincy, Detroit, Grand Rapids, all these great rock and roll towns that had... Right, we're being underserved. Mm-hmm. So we picked Columbus and we launched Rock on the Range, and from Rock on the Range that led to Carolina Rebellion, that led to Welcome to Rockville, uh, and that led to Northern Invasion in Minneapolis, and that led to me getting a job. <laughs> you yes, those most important shows. thing, yeah, right. <laughs> and completely worthwhile. They need someone to clean up the office uh, now. Um, there's so many gigs coming in. <laughs> so that's our May, and we dub it the world's loudest month. Uh-huh. Um, and every weekend between the last weekend in April to Memorial Weekend, there is Destination Rock and Roll Festivals. Mm-hmm. And didn't plan it to just be us, DWP and AEG Live or just DWP. But, hey, man, nobody else was doing it. Right. So we, well, and that's okay. the thing to me. Like you mentioned, you know, uh, like, like Lollapalooza, for example, which was which was great. But that was more of a touring festival. We had yes. Uproar and, and Mayhem. Unfortunately, they're not around anymore. But those were always touring festivals. What I was talking about was like you hear about Download every year. We've played Download four times. And you know, here's the three headliners. And here's all the bands. And people will be staying all day long. And they'll be getting up at 12 noon to go see the first band. Now we have that here, which we never had before, which to me is so uh, special because I think a lot of rock fans weren't getting to experience that vibe of like a weekend where you go see as many bands as you can because when the weekend's done, the show pulls up and leaves. It's gone for the next till the next year. Well, especially the, the rock festival genre mm-hmm. because it is you can cast this net and go really hard right with a Lamb of God and a Megadeth and mm-hmm. you can go left with a... Soundgarden in a perfect circle, and then you go right down the middle with a Papa Roach and Chevelle, right. and put Fozzy mm-hmm. somewhere in the left to the right. Mm-hmm. right in the, um, but it's it's a spectrum of rock, unlike other festivals, which um, is so widely diverse, and, and we feel sometimes too widely diverse. Mm-hmm. You have Jack Johnson and Skrillex, sure, you know, but that um, is more of a Coachella type vibe mm-hmm. or a, in uh, what's it, Bonnaroo. 
mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you, sorry if I left out Bonnaroo, great festival, you're a great festival too, but also very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you're talking about let's say a rock in the range, it's all things rock. But what I like too is you'll have a Def Leppard or you'll have a a Warrant or something like that, along with the Lamb of Gods, and it's kind of all the spectrum of right. what what rock and roll, hard rock is. You kind of find something for everybody. Well, you nailed it. You said all things rock. Mm-hmm. You said, and that's a theme we kind of use here. Is we're not a genre. We're not. You know, we love the Warp Tour, but the Warp Tour is super segmented to who that is. Sure. Our our job and our responsibility is to give our fans that are coming to the show every piece of rock and roll culture, not just the music, the food, the culture, the, the, the drink culture, the fashion culture, the video game culture, just the experience of what makes rock and roll so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our responsibility. So it's, it, it, it actually starts with the overall experience. Danny and Gary create these incredible bills, and then it's the, up to us to kind of super serve that, that core so they understand that, hey, you got a Lamb of God here. You may not like them. Here's a Pierce the Veil, or here's a, a, a Fozzie, or here's a Bring the Horizon. You can mm-hmm. kind of swing both back and forth. Or, if you, hey, listen, you don't like those bands you've heard of before, then go to our bourbon tent, you know, if you're at Loud in Life, or go to the Rock and the Range Craft Beer Village area that we're, we're working on this year. So there's a lot of cool things that, that you could get just besides the music. Sure, it's, sure. It's a celebration of culture. Yeah, it's a whole experience. Exactly. Like at its core, we are rock festivals. Yep. Right. Unlike other festivals, it's just kind of like throw all these artists together and see if it sticks. We, we are rock and roll festivals. But you should talk more about what we dub secondary entertainment because to us – the days of you know stale Bud Light and, and churros and corn dogs are over. <laughs> you know, we, we, so it's, so what, it's so, so great be, to have a, a bunch of killer bands, but there's but more. before we get to that, so let's go about the, the, the specific job. So Gary, you are one of the I'm, festival organizers, the bookers, yeah, I'm the booker and talent curation um, <laughs> of these festivals. Curation sounds like you're working in a museum or something. I'll I'm, take that. I'm yeah. the curator, <laughs> and then Clay, I'm the I'm the vice president of marketing and brand partnership. So everything from selling the, the tickets to Working with the Jack Daniels and the Monster Energies of the world, uh, that's kind of my response. So how important is that to get the major corporate sponsorships for festivals like this? I think, A, it it serves two ways. One, it helps you pay for the show, but that's never our theme here. We we, we have a theme here. We're chasing the experience rather than the check. Right. But it does help help you pay for the show. But if you look at the brands that come to our events, they're very specific brands to who our core audience is. So – you know, I'm not working with, and I won't name the competing whiskey, but Jack Daniels and rock and roll go hand in hand. Monster Energy and rock and roll go hand in hand. Absolutely. Uh, Jack Link's Beef Jerky go hand in hand. <laughs> Budweiser, AB, whoever it may be. Th- those are all rock brands, too. And, and, and our core demographic shares very similar demographics to them. So it's they're incredible marketing partners. They're incredible experience partners. A lot of them endorse the band, so the bands are excited to have them there and then for me as a fan it's, there's nothing cooler than working with Jack Daniels you know and getting sure cool free swag got <laughs> yeah, see, it's all over the place in here in your office if the guys that are at the show that really appreciate these brands that are there it's, it's really cool for us to, to be working close so when you started off kind of the, the the world's loudest month it was just the one show in Kansas City oh no sorry it was the show at Rock, Rock on the Range, Range was the now, first how many is there it's um, welcome to Rockville and Fort Rock in Florida that's the last weekend in April. Next week is Carolina Rebellion. And the week after that's Northern Invasion, which we want to talk about. And then there's Rock on the Range, and it wraps up with Rocklahoma and Rockfest. And River City Rockfest, which and is San Antonio. The Texas weekend, area, right. That's a Texas one. This oh, yeah, weekend one. is Rocklahoma. So the Florida shows kick off the world's last month, and, and then we then Oklahoma and Texas share a weekend, and it ends in Rockfest, Kansas City. And Fozzie's on like three or four of these. Actually, we're on... 
Yeah, we're on Rebellion, and we're on uh, Invasion. Northern Invasion, and then I think we're on the three Texas ones that you mentioned. Is there three there? There's, there's, you have uh, San Antonio no. and then Rocklahoma. Rocklahoma, right. And there's right. a radio show that I'm part of that's part of that weekend. The gotcha. Weekend. So that might be that one as well. But yeah. So there's a lot of action going on. Right. What, is, are you looking to expand to even more cities? I'm going to say not in May. I no, but I mean good. throughout the course of the year. And then in, and then in October – uh, we have a ser- another series of That's the world's festivals. second loudest month. <laughs> yeah. Called the Fall Feast. Even though it's not and by the way, not approved language. It's not called Rocktober. <laughs> yeah, it's not called Rocktober. Yeah, I think every radio station in America has something called Rocktober. Yeah. So, Welcome to Rocktober 9263. But you raise a good point about Europe because we've noticed that there were a great kickoff in May, April, May, and then you shoot off to Europe mm-hmm. and then you can come back in October and still rock with us. Mm-hmm. And those ones are Aftershock. Louder than, than life. life. Um, the Rock, Rock Legions in Philly this year, and then uh, Houston Open Air, which we debuted this year. Unfortunately, we had some issues there. Uh, but that's rain our, and that's stuff, right? Not rain, lightning. Oh, lightning. You know, rain. The show will go on with rain. Uh-huh. It's never about the rain. It's about cloud to ground lightning and, and if you're in the middle of a parking lot and you so, have a bunch of staging around you it's not the best and let me ask you because th- that actually happened to us uh, two years ago we did welcome to rockville in jacksonville the tornado came through tornado came through and this was literally 10 minutes before we were, i had all my rock gear on i was warmed up i was hanging up behind the stage and they said everyone's got to leave and they started carting all of our stuff off mm-hmm. and there was a tornado like you said and everybody that was in the the field maybe it's 10 15 20 000 people all had to evacuate and go stand underneath uh, like a highway overpass that overpass for about two hours or so how do you guys prepare for that and how often does that happen it it doesn't happen very often we're constantly monitoring i mean we have an incredible team here that that's what they do they focus on it to make sure that not just fan safety band safety Mm -hmm. staff safety everyone's safety is upheld and and we actually it's a planning process we 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 do fire drills on site uh we actually know the weather's coming so hey there's this could be possible wind lightning rain whatever it may be we're prepared leading into it we're on the fly every 15 minutes knowing what the radar mm. is bringing working with meteorologists we work with an incredible platform uh but we're, we're very much ahead of it and, and we, i think we plan more for the for those types of issues we kind of have to right like there's so much stuff that we're thinking about like putting on our festival like who's the headliner is going to be and where's the sponsors gonna be? but how much of that other stuff that people don't even realize obviously you have to monitor the weather yeah. what other types of things that you have to worry about that that us as fans wouldn't even think about that's really really good question great question yeah. I mean, yeah how many porta potties the fencing line hmm. all that really really boring hard <laughs> stuff that we hate to talk about but right. it's crucial how many golf carts and do we have enough towels hmm. you know the, the it's it, we really create than, a village a city for than, these things the sure. more than danny gary clay it's you have charlie that ro- oversees our operations and he has a giant team and, mm-hmm. and and you have damon who oversees our concessions and he's got a giant team and you have your accounting teams you have your you're working closely with the city and the cvbs the police and fire go down the list i mean it's, everyone has a, a big role you know, my role is to market the show and bring the brands in. Gary's role is to curate the town and make sure that we have mm-hmm. incredible headliners to make my job easy. Right, right, right. You know? So have you ever had any issues at these events? I mean, like a riot or anything like that? I mean, are these kind of problems happen at the shows? Uh, I want to know that. But before you answer, we are days away from Christmas. And all I got to do, I got to say, I'm going to do a solid. For all the talk is Jericho fans who are panicking because they have hard-to-buy people on their list and still need a gift. Well, that's me. I'm the, I'm the person in the family. But here's the perfect solution. Okay, get them an Omaha Steaks family gift pack. I'm not kidding. 
I got one sent to me. I've since ordered two more as gifts as well as another for myself. That's how much, that's how much I love Omaha Steaks and the family gift pack and the value that you get. All loaded with high-quality meats and other ingredients, and it's delivered right to your door, all just for $49.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and put my promo code Jericho in the search bar to get this fully loaded, amazing family gift pack for $49.99. And this is what you get for the money. Check this out. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kibasa sausages, four urgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets. I broke my diet. They're so damn good. I love those ones. One Omaha steak seasoning packet. And thanks to this special deal, you also get four additional kibasa sausages for free. So order one now at omahasteaks.com and have it delivered. You won't have to deal with the malls or the holiday crowds. $49.99 gets you that whole box full of amazing high-quality cuts and ingredients. That's 77% off, all right? And everything comes hand-trimmed, vacuum-sealed, so it's always fresh and delicioso. We threw the top sirloins, chicken burgers, and sausages on the grill this past weekend. We invited some uh, family over. We had another great meal. We're still talking about how good it was. So go to omahasteaks.com. Enter my code Jericho in the search bar and order your family gift pack for $49.99. You heard all the great stuff you get with it. Only $49.99 from omahasteaks.com. Enter my promo code Jericho in the search bar and eat like a king. Talk is Jericho. Have you ever had any issues like where, like you mentioned, police and stuff? Has there been like a, like a riot or anything like that or any type of uh, problems with? Gary had the best quote actually uh, this last weekend. We were in Santa Barbara with Michael Lang in the, in the Woodstock. Uh, he got honored as lifetime achievement. Well, the actual award. dude from the actual the dude. promoted and, Woodstock. And, and Gary inter- did his speech introducing wow. his lifetime achievement award. That's moment. very cool. And, and, you, and I didn't know this, but Woodstock had how, I mean, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. There were zero arrests. And, really? And, and to that point, very similar to our events. I mean, you'll have one or two maybe, and those are usually guys that drink too much. It's not a fight. It's not mm. touching, you know, sexually assaulting a woman or anything like that. Our, our, we're a big community. It's, it's respectful. I mean, you've seen the mosh pit. Someone falls down, pick them right up. Um, and that's, that's the spirit, how, of, and rock that's and the spirit roll. of rock and roll yeah, culture. There's, there's this bullshit perception um, <laughs> of, of hard rock festivals, and we don't see it. It is a killer community. It's mm. a little dysfunctional, wonderful tribal community, um, and that's what it is. I can't, it, it, when you see that controlled chaos in a, in a show, which you probably get off on, and mm. I never gets old for me to see that kind of unified mosh pit. You know, it's that bounce. Energy, and, energy, and it's just... Yeah. But it's not mean or mean spirited at all. So the the perception that hard rock festivals are, are are oh you better be careful out there. Yeah, we don't see that. And with that said, we we completely have the proper security. Yeah, and we and we do have the right medical. We have tons of because you have to have that as well. Just in case, right? We're, we're preparing for it. So you always see that. I mean, somebody will fall or something's going to happen. Someone's getting carted off. It's it just it's life. Yeah. You know, and you have to be prepared for that. So let me ask you this, Gary. When you when you talk to 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 the cat from Woodstock, is Michael Lang, right? Yeah. Do you go and ask him like advice or like he's like that's a pioneer? It'd be like you know a guitar player meeting you know like Eddie Van Halen or something. Like what do you do? Yeah. How do you put- well, that was one of those Paul McCartney moments where oh, you yeah, meet yeah, your yeah. idols. But he is a sweet, wonderful last. He's the last living hippie on earth. <laughs> and um, we had met him. Um, and I had read the book The Road to Woodstock. I'm like a Beatles fan. I'm also like a Woodstock file guy. I know all this weird right, shit sure. about Woodstock that you shouldn't know about. <laughs> um, and he immediately took our call. It was me and Danny. We went to New York and, and when we were hawking Rock on the Range in his early years, uh, trying to prove ourselves. And Michael met with us and he said one great thing. I asked him for advice. I'm like, can you give me anything? And he's like, 
hire people who are better than you. Mm. Just hire people who know more than you. And great advice. Hmm. Great advice. Uh, he was 23, 24 years old. I can still Woodstock. see him in that Woodstock movie. He looks like the a little kid, a little and fro, the biker yeah. vest, and yeah. you know, he was. And he taught me, uh, without saying it, that if you're promoting a, a, a rock show, albeit 500,000 people or 20,000 people, um, you, should, you need to be the one who's sober. Because he was surrounded by guys on acid mm. and people just effed up, including right. his partner who, t- who dropped acid. <laughs> he didn't, I asked him, I, he didn't take a thing. He smoked a joint 15 minutes into Henrix. Too much pressure to get too wasted. You got to be in control, right? It's it's a it's a very uncredible, uncool move to have a beer in your hand when you're talking to the uh, police chief. Mm, that's a great point, man. That's a great point. Not a good look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> talk about safety. I mean, a drunk promoter is probably the most unsafe thing out there. <laughs> yeah. So people are partying, getting up all around us but yeah come you know we have we have curfews at 11 come come uh 11 15 you'll you'll, you'll see a, you'll see a pop in my hand <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting though because sometimes i uh, like sometimes things happen i remember we played a festival in kansas once where unnamed band threw a bottle in the crowd somebody threw a bottle on stage guy picked up the bottle threw it in the crowd girl gets hit in the head who was not involved and then suddenly because of the issues the whole festival gets shut down is that something that could ever happen at one of your shows, or is it too big of a of a festival to get shut down by something stupid like that? I I, I think if the festival gets shut down when it's unsafe for the fan as as the bulk, I mean you're mm-hmm. always going to have issues. You have yeah, you'll have yeah. a fight here and there. Sure. Or a guy looks at someone's girlfriend wrong, or you you know the tough yeah, guy yeah, yeah. or the liquid courage guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know I, I don't I think you see a festival shut down if the entire festival space isn't safe for. You, me. If there was the some fans. kind of a riot or like we saw some weather thing or whatever it may like be, if, right? Yeah, like I think you saw it when an unnamed band canceled a headline gig and, and one of the support acts didn't help so much where they mm-hmm. said, you know, hey, we're canceling. We'll, yeah, right, right, right. The show's over. Well, the, the, the famous Guns N' Roses Metallica exactly. gig in Montreal, right? That's when yeah. you have the problem. It's right, more right, so right, right. at that moment. I mean, we had a moment at Carolina Rebellion one year, you, me, and Danny on stage where. Yeah, we had to call the show. Um, it was the year before Fozzie first played. Hmm. And, oh boy, Bush, Rise Against, Soundgarden couldn't play. I'll never forget. That was one of the saddest moments in my in my career. Seeing, I'm a huge Soundgarden fan. Mm-hmm. Personally and professionally, right? And they pull up in there in the, you know the Black Runner that we got for them. Yeah. And they we were told we had to call the show because of rain and wind. It's rain we can handle. Once that wind is sweeping and hitting water on stage, it's one thing to um, you know have rain, but if there's there's water on stage and Chris Cornell twists an ankle, mm-hmm. or God forbid, there's electricity. Or to e- him. even we've seen some of those stages collapsing over the last few yeah. years, the Dixie or Sugarland and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we, we had to pull and seeing that black car turn around oh. and go fade away in the distance while rain's pouring on me sucked. Oh, yeah. Uh, but speaking of that, back to Michael Lang, he's been to three of our festivals and <laughs> and... Now, like I say, if, if, if you want Michael, Lenn, if you want to put on an event and you want it to rain, invite Michael Lenn. He's three for three. Rains every time he comes. <laughs> so he's, Gary's batting 100 with him. He's That's a witch doctor now. I, he's, Even he, when he went to a conference, he went to the Santa Barbara. It never rains. In, we were in Southern California where we need the rain. It's and it started like, raining. <laughs> so there, yeah, just take him where you that, need him. Gary added that to speech. Is, were those droughts. So Gary, just, you, yeah. you, you're kind of working on putting together the lineups and stuff. And this is something that I speak about with Andy Copping, who is the uh, the uh, the promoter for, for Download. Great guy. Great guy. And, you know, the, every year putting together the, the lineup because there's – 
we talked earlier how the music business has changed. Now it's more about touring and playing. And there's so many bands that are looking for these slots. How many bands do you book uh, each show, each festival? And what are you kind of looking for for a band to, to get on the bill? That's a good question. Um, I would say pre- predominantly we're somewhere between 45 to 60 bands for a wow. festival. And that's over we, a three day period. Yes. Yeah. And f- so I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do, um, Northern invasion as, as an example, 20 bands per day. It's a two day festival, 40 bands. We have, it's our third year. We've uh, out of the 40, 38 of them have never played Northern invasion. Hmm. So that's really important to us. We all keep it fresh. It's not so much for us. It's worse for the fans. The fans like right. if like, Oh yeah, that band already played. I want to take a pass this year. So we really try to spread the wealth and that comes with some hard conversations with friends. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's tough, but you know, it's business, man. You know, we're, we're not putting on a kegger. We're, <laughs> we're putting on these big festivals that yeah. we have to not only keep fans who for repeated business, but we want to keep them. Uh, we want to get new fans. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's number one. We want to keep it fresh for the fans. Um, we look for bands that don't suck. <laughs> that's a criteria. Uh, we love songs. Uh, we love bands that bring more than just radio airplay. Fozzie's a great example. You guys um, bring more to a festival for us. Uh, the commerce side of it, the marketing, and how you deal with your fans mm. and what you do outside of your performance. That's, that's, that's special gotcha. to us. Um, it's one thing for a band to kick ass for 35 to 45 minutes on stage, but is that it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Partake with us. Be a partner with us. You know, and I feel that too because you have. Let's say we're there for eight, ten hours. I, I go crazy, just half an hour on stage, and then go back to the bus front. That's crazy stuff. You know, you right. want to be out there. And I, I used to say, and there's a lot of the guys that feel this way. Like, what can I do? Can we have a signing? Do you need me to go do interviews with somebody? Can we go do some press? Because if not, you're just wasting time, and it's not cool. Right. You know. So there's that, and then there's a band like you know, like a band like Starset, a new up and coming band. Yeah. But there, there's like this the lead singer's really into Comic-Con and there's a scene that he's built for his band. So it's, we look for all that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the number one criteria is be unique, be original and don't suck. (laughs) Do you have like, I've always, I've never known this for sure, but obviously there has to be some kind of, uh, you can't watch all the bands, but do you have a, like does a stage manager fill out a report on every band or give a review? You must have some way to, maybe it's a secret, but what it is, (laughs) I I have serious ADD. Uh So I pretty much see, I try to see every band. Really? Yeah, you'll see me running around, and I'll—I won't do a full set, but I'm run—I'm I'm gauging the crowd. I'm not so much seeing like, oh, here's my song. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the crowd, looking at the vibe of it, um, and then I'll stay for a couple tunes and just get it, and then I'll move on to the next. That's—that's that's my role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got a whole team of people like, oh man, Motionless and White just they killed it on that right. stage. You missed you, that. They had a moment. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that singer was kind of off key today. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, we yeah, also yeah. can. We also have analytics too. So after the fact, I mean, we do get your merch numbers. We know if the band <laughs> fans bought into you or not. You wow. know, and that's where, you know, a band like a Star Set can surprise us. I'm like, holy crap! Mm-hmm. You guys actually sold a, a crap load of merch, and you're actually competing some bands that are actually higher higher up than you. you, right? So it's it's you can't lie with data. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and to, to Gary's point, the the discovery aspect is what I, I I get off on more than anything. Where that those first bottom two level lines on the festival ad mat is so 
cool to me and important to me. It's it's our future headliners. It's 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 a band that ninety eight percent of the fans probably never seen before, and and we've seen it grow with a band like Nothing More, which had no no marketing, no record label plays. Aftershock goes goes out of control as far as the way the fans were accepting them on the show. Sure, where they get the next day they play the main stage because we had a slot open because we believed in it. Now they've had two number one, two number one singles, maybe a radio. And that is, a, that is a, a very uh, interesting and something that a lot of people might not understand. And we've, we've experienced this at download of building headliners. So our f- first download, we were on like the you know fourth stage in the parking lot. Next download, we're on the second stage. Next download, we're on the main stage. Now we're on the main stage again, a slot up from the last one. I think Andy's, Will we ever headline? It's not hard to say, but we not, we're now a legit main stage attraction for him that he's built. Do you guys have to do that as well? And do you uh, try to do as much story. as you can? We have a couple. Hailstorm played oh, at yeah. noon on the Jägermeister stage. Two years later, open the second stage. Two years later, open the main stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Time back for us, Five Finger Death Punch. Jay to remember, they're yeah. you know opening up the third stage, Jager, closing the second stage, and having a moment this yeah, last Jericho, year. Yeah, that's it for me, dude. I, I, it's <laughs> one thing to have a Metallica or a Soundgarden. Yeah, you know, at a show, that's great. But yeah, to see to see a band rise with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a decade in now, so right. we we have these relationships with these bands, and we care. That we're, have grown. As we said before, we you push record. We're we're fans. Mm-hmm. We're and we're we want to we want to see this win. We want to see every band win because it's it's like I I was so sad when when uproar and uh, and um, was the other one like, uh, mayhem. mayhem went down. It's bad for the fans. It's bad for the for the for the bands. That's why I'm so happy with with, with what you guys are doing because you could legitimately if you get a good number of shows in May that could be your month. You fill in a couple gigs here and there, but you could the corner posts of of the DWP shows. It's a dream for a band because you know you're going to get at least five, six shows where there's 20,000, 30,000. I mean, I think Rock in the Range the last time we played was probably 80,000 people. And you're going to get more than just the, the offer. You're getting, you're getting an additional marketing team. You know, sure. You're getting, thir- you're getting almost consultants working with your record label or working with your booking Everything agent is there. To sell the brand of every band that's playing the bill. And that goes back to my responsibility with FYE. They're looking to mm-hmm. highlight the next wave of upcoming bands and, and looking to highlight the headliners of Rock in the Range or Rebellion or Fort Rock or Rockville, whatever. Right, right. So that's the, that's the fun part of it. What uh, what are the biggest biggest shows that that, we, that you have? Is Rock on the Range the biggest one? Yeah, Rock on the Range and Carolina Rebellion. One and two. He were, yeah, and those will do forty thousand a day. Forty thousand a day. So twenty. Wow. I know it's wonderful. And and to go back to to yeah, there is no uh, it is no there is a design that we we looked at Europe. We saw what was happening and how you're right. You go to Europe and it starts with you know Rock and Ring, then it goes to Download, then it mm-hmm. goes to Pink and Pop, then Hellfest, and there's a run. And that's, we we took a little page out of Europe, for sure. Which was smart. Yeah, again, there was just that underserved world here, Mm -hmm. and nobody else was doing it. We're we're just, we were fools enough to go for it. (laughs) And I think, Gary, not to speak for you, but I think you and Danny actually looked at Europe as the way you were curating the bills, too, because it's so different. Like, you looked at the traditional, like the Mayhems, you were super serving your core. You look at Warped Tour. Super serving the core. Well, what people don't realize before Warp Tour really went punk like that, you know, they're breaking Katy Perry on that yeah. tour. Yeah, oh wow. You know, so they're being tastemakers. So, you know, going to the point of what Europe does, I look at the European bills. I'm like, wow, you have Prodigy, Kings of Leon, and Metallica on the same. Each yeah, 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 yeah. That is incredible as a music fan for me. Yeah. And I think Danny and Gary, and I don't want to speak for you, Gary, but I think you guys take a lot of the way they book to help. I guess curate American well, sure. rock and how we're ingesting. I'm gonna disagree music. with you a little oh, okay. bit. I agree with you. I know confrontation. Oh, the fight. Because what I said about Jack Johnson and Skrillex, what we are, we have to, America's, we feel is a little different. Um, 
may, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's radio format where square pegs have to scoot and fit in square holes too much. Um, and that pisses us off. But at least that's why we try to have Cypress Hill and Lamb of God. But at our coral rock festivals, and we can't jump the shark. We can't, we can't stray too far from that. Because we'll just be like, oh, so what are you going to get? No doubt next. Mm. You know, we're, we're rock festivals. But we could kind of stretch it left and stretch it right. Right. You know, I'll, I'll fight somebody who was like, yeah, man, you should go for Radiohead, who I, who I personally love. But it's just, it's just not going to work for well, what we l- do. Let's look at the headliner for Carolina Rebellion. I believe So it's Def Leppard, it's Avenged, and is it Soundgarden? Yes. So that's three different genres of rock and roll. Very much. And it's very much a download Andy Copping style where you've got Soundgarden, huge band based in that 90s vibe. And you got Def Leppard, which is 80s rock. And then you got Avenged, which is probably the biggest band that's not Metallica in this day and age right now. That's a great bill. Does it serve all fans? For I think the three of us in the room, it does. But there's some fans that go, Def Leppard, screw that. Or Avenged, screw that. But when they get to that show, I think everybody will be happy. That's yeah. That's our goal, right? To have this rock spectrum, all things rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, who knows? Uh, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> you, we say the same thing. I wasn't saying we look at it like, oh, that's what we need to do. But yeah. you're influenced by it. The way you're challenging the the genre, where you'll bring a Cypress Hill, you'll bring a Tech Nine. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we we talk. You know, my dream, and I, I'm I'm constantly spouting out here is. I love Run the Jewels. I would love Run the Jewels to play a DWP event. I think they're rock stars. See, but I, I've never even heard that. Yeah, band. But that, that, that to me, like badass, like hip hop. Yeah. Like, okay, gotcha. Like, Zach, gotcha. Zach from Rage is on some tracks. Okay, okay. cool. Like, gotcha. Really cool. Yeah, but, they're like Coachella darlings. Yeah, but yeah, they got the energy and like the the umph to. But I think our fans, work. I think our core would like that. So, but, and plus, then again, I think Carolina Bell when we played a few years ago, you had Kid Rock as, as the headliner mm-hmm. the night we played, which is also not what you're expecting when you see the the, the rock festival. But right. he's just as rock and roll as a lot of different people. I agree with that. And I'm sure there were people going kid rock and then when they see the show they're having a great time. Yep. You know? How do you decide who you want to headline? It's uh you have a you have a wish list and it quickly dwindles. <laughs> um Kid Rock and Soundgarden are the headliners of Northern Invasion. Um we try to mix it up. We try to be eclectic but keep in that rock lane. And I I think Kid Rock brings the party i think def leppard brings the party mm-hmm. and at the end of the day these festivals are supposed to they're supposed to have a just a supposed to be fun time yeah right and so be a sexy show yeah right. but i i think that's that's one thing for our band it's like we our our vibe when we play is not like a slayer vibe we want to be van halen in 1979 where everybody yeah, has a good time yeah. and that's kind of the vibe of what a festival should be you know it's it's cool to see the wall of death where everyone lines up and just charges each other i'd rather see chicks tits you know what i mean that's the type of vibe that i want to see and drink some beer and have some fun right that's kid rocket to in a nutshell totally that's def leopard in a nutshell too. as well sure yeah and sound and sound gardens more like you are listening it's yeah. heady you are the, you're gonna watch right for, you know one of the greatest singers of our generation, sure, our generation he's right. just on his pipes are so awesome right now too oh yeah yeah but i mean let's talk about the headliner for 2017's rock on the range metallica i want to know what it took them to get to do the festival I mean, that's the biggest band in the world and if you wanted them to do more than just rock on the range and we'll find out about that but before we get to the uh, future festival lineups for the world's loudest month in may let me say thanks to one of the fine sponsors of talk is jericho and one who's keeping me sharp dressed these days every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man shout out, talking about jack threads When's the last time you could order clothes online and try them on before paying for them? That's jackthreads.com. 
Shopify.com. You can try on anything, jeans, T-shirts, button-downs, at home. Only pay for what you keep, and what a great idea. I don't know why everybody hasn't jumped on this yet. And this try-at-home, only pay-for-what-you-keep thing, that applies to the big brand-name items on jackthreads.com and, of course, to their in-house line, which is pretty amazing as well. Jack Threads wants to make sure you 100% love the clothing before opening your wallet. And I'm speaking from experience. I ordered jeans and a couple T-shirts at Jack Threads. Everything showed up to my house. I tried it all on. Love the jeans. Love the T-shirt that fit. Set back the other size that didn't. Only paid for it. I kept. I also wear a pretty fancy uh, silver bracelet that I got from Jack Threads. That was nice. You got seven days to decide what you like and if it's working for you. You can try them on, get a second opinion, and then decide. All right. And sending back the stuff that doesn't work is easy. If you don't like it, if it doesn't work for your your fashion sense, it's no hassle at all. Jack Threads gives you everything you need, including an actual packing tape to close up the box. How easy is that? You get the shipping label as well. It's all completely free. You got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Get to jackthreads.com. Enter the promo code Jericho when you submit your tryout for 20% off anything you keep. That's jackthreads.com. Use my promo code Jericho to save 20% on anything you keep. Never buy before you try again. Try it out. If you don't like it, send it back for free. Go to jackthreads.com and be a sharp-dressed man. All right, Gary Spivak and Clay Bush are going to go through some of the bands playing Rock on the Range and Carolina Rebellion and Northern Invasion next May. They're going to share some of their favorite performances and bands. But first, I want to say thanks to True Car and the True Car app. You know I use True Car to buy my 2016 Cadillac Escalade. It was so easy and fast. I was in and out of the dealership in an hour and a half, which never happens. That's unprecedented. And if you're not looking for a brand new car, True Car and the True Car app can also help you buy a used car. There's over a half a million pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. So whether you're looking for a brand new car, or a gently used car, you can get upfront pricing information from True Car so you can enjoy a better buying experience. And when I say upfront pricing, I'm talking about real pricing on actual inventory in stock at the local True Car certified dealer. Using True Car and the True Car app uh, lets you see what other people paid for the car you want so you can determine a fair price and feel confident when you buy your car. True Car connects you with a local certified dealer of your Schwazen uh, who will honor your guaranteed savings. It's going to make your car buying process quicker and easier. And True Car also shows all the dealers available in Incentives before you arrive at the dealership. All right, true car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP, and over 2 million cars have been sold to true car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. So when you're ready to buy, visit True Car or download the True Car app to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Go check it out now. So let me ask you uh, for uh, Rock in the Range, Metallica is one of the headliners. Is that something where you would you like to have Metallica headlining all of them, or they're only available for that one day? or yeah, that was that was a two and a half year process because um, <laughs> they've never done any of no. these shows before. And uh, between them and and their wonderful management company Q Prime, who mm-hmm. just gets it. Yeah. With with Rock on the Range, what you have at that festival, you have sixty five radio stations not only there but talking about you for four months. Mm-hmm. Metallica has a new record. They're just really smart. They get yeah. it. It was and we proved we we. Rock on the Range was proven to them. Like mm-hmm. we five years ago, we weren't ready for Metallica. Now, right, well, now, what do you mean when you say that? I don't think we were. Metallica could play the stadium in which uh, Rock on the Range is held by themselves in Columbus by yeah, themselves. Yeah, they could. Right. But um, why don't we just do our own show? Was probably their answer five years ago. But now they see the value of Rock on the Range. They see not only what the their big set, their headline set will bring, but all the other extras hmm. that that rock on the range could bring they have a new record they're on top of their game and rock on the range is on top of their game so, so you're talking about just from a promotional aspect and from a buzz aspect a band like metallica would feel that it's more uh beneficial for them to be involved with rock and range than just doing their own stadium show in columbus 
Yeah, mm. they, they were just smart about it. They're like, we could do our own show there or we could partake in this multi worldwide mm -hmm. multimedia event. Mm -hmm. It's almost and kind of... Uh, it's kind of a cool thing to do as well to be a part of this thing. You know, I remember they played, I hosted the Golden Gods the last time I did it, 2013, and they played the Golden Gods and they did it for free. But they wanted to be a part of the scene, be a part of the vibe, be, be a part of the, of the, uh, of, of the giving back, I guess, to the to the metal community. That is why they're the greatest right. hard rock band. Right, 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 exactly. So that's pretty cool. So that was a two and a half year process. Yeah. And, um, Last year we had uh, the band Red Hot Chili Peppers headline, sure. and that was also Q Prime, and I think that was their big uh, leg in the water with Just us. Just to see. And they saw, and, and, and we showed them how serious and how awesome Rock on the Range is. And that's another very eclectic headliner for a rock festival, but I'm sure they went over huge. Killed it. So the Peppers great. are great. The thing about right. Rock on the Range, if you've never been, is it is the most incredible crowd ever. Just watching the pit move. <laughs> uh, I still remember watching Linkin Park and the crowd surfers just going off during Lincoln Park and seeing Chester and Mike look at each other, turn their back. Holy like, shit. And look at each other that, holy shit. Because <laughs> Rock Lane, just there's something about the energy in that stadium and the fans. And I, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers crowd surfing, going nuts. I mean, it was incredible to watch. And I can't, I mean, Metallica this year. That's going to be, be yeah. yeah. It's uh, incredible. I'll say Rock on the Range, because it's in the stadium, has this kind of... 70s stadium mm -hmm. feel mm -hmm. to it while Carolina Rebellion and Northern Invasion have that European the fields. open space yeah. greenfield right yeah the fields um, yeah yeah so that's what I love about Rock on the Range that it's not Carolina Rebellion or Northern Invasion Th those have that European kind of again that open space while Rock on the Range just makes you feel like you're you know watching Zeppelin <laughs> yeah is there any um concern I mean that might be too strong of a word about let's say 10 years from now who's going to be headlining the big festivals have you seen some bands i mean obviously we talked about avenged and, and we five finger and, and slipknot you know that sort of thing but what happens when when you know sabbath is done and maiden is done and, and heaven forbid metallica doesn't play anymore are you already kind of thinking about that or, or are you hoping that something changes in the world of music or are you we talked about earlier cultivating the headliners man just trying to get to may next year <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we yeah. definitely are concerned about uh, where are the headliners for the next mm -hmm, four or mm -hmm. five years. And we're at least trying to do our part mm -hmm. to cultivate these bands, these Five Finger Death Punches and Volbeats. And hope that Fozzie goes to, keeps on going mm -hmm. to the next level with us. That's really important to us. But sure, we're concerned about North America and why. Uh, look, to me, rock and roll has always been about the wrong side of the tracks. It's always been about the, uh, the, the, the group of kids on the grassy knoll at high school, <laughs> the, the, the uncool ones, right? Yeah. Uh, that's rock and roll mm -hmm. um, to me. And we'll never be the sexiest girl in the room. And again, that's the power of rock. But what, I, what concerns me is like how the lack of respect that the rock community gets, mm -hmm. period. It's kind of a silent majority. But look, we're here. We ain't going anywhere. So. Which is great because I think it's always been that way. I mean, rock and roll has never been uh, respected. I mean, even to this yeah. day, there's still, you know, when Kiss got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame two years ago, people still bitching about it. It's like, come on, dude, it's Kiss. Yeah. If you can't give a Rush, if you can't give Rush or Kiss or Deep Purple their props, come on, man. You know what I mean? So I think rock and roll has always had that stigma of being kind of the uncool thing, but that's why it's always attracts, we're like moths to the flame, no pun intended. Like uh -huh. if something like this, you know, if you build it, we will come. When the when rock gets cool and becomes over pop culture, that's when the floor drops. Yeah. You know, when, you got, when you got Kardashians wearing Slayer merch, 
you know you've, <laughs> yeah, you've crossed right. over right. a little bit but the <laughs> are they yeah, yeah kardashians wearing slayers and then Col- holt holt wears kill the kardashians yeah, shirts he, on stage he, is that actually one of our shows he sells it? them actually yeah. at the merch tank kill the kardashians but, the gary holt brand but you can see the culture of how it cross it still crosses in the pop culture especially brands like slayer metallica maidens of the world event sevenfold now mm-hmm. um and and i guess for me you know, I, I'm a little different. Where, and not to disagree with you, um, you can. I, I I feel that rock's just being consumed a little differently. And I think these last five years, we've seen bands grow, like uh, these bands that, like a Volbeat, for example, mm-hmm. that d- hasn't had MTV to, to break them, but has had music festivals, had had bloggers, has incredible. Management. Goes back to the old school word of mouth. Exactly. Right. I think artist development now has become more important. Where. You know, I, that's my background. I come from Interscope Records. That's how I cut my cloth in this business. Artist development was so important to breaking bands. Lady Gaga broke off a lot of artist development before she went to radio. Mm. LMFAO, same thing. So you have pop bands it breaking the It can still happen. Rock. It yeah. still does happen. Just me, Rock has had a, a second to get itself figured out because we were the first affected by the internet. Mm-hmm. When Rock felt, the floor dropped on Rock, that's when the internet hit. Hip hop had to deal with the same thing. Right. Um, but now we're dealing cycles. So, you know, with with the way the country is and how people, there's a lack of angst. That's when rock's at its, at its prime. It's best, Punk yeah. rock is going to be big right now with the way, <laughs> the, you know, the way this country's thinking. And, and, and I think it's going to be a resurgence of rock because you're allowing it to be real again, organic. And, and that's when the proof is in the pudding it's, and your content's good. It's still funny, too, when we're talking about being, being music fans. Like rock fans still enjoy buying a CD, reading the lyrics, having an album, which if you're talking about pop music, I mean, Gaga has it right, but most of them are just singles. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll still hasn't gone that way, and I, I'm not sure if it, if it, I'm sure at some point it will for some bands, but there's still the element of having a, a full 10, 12 song record and the journey that it takes you on. You know, I still think that there's, there are these elements of rock and roll that still keep it different from the rest, like you said. Well, I think that's why the internet has actually been good for rock. Right. At the end of the day, maybe it's been bad for certain labels, maybe mm-hmm. particularly. But I think now it's it's on the content as the record. Now you have to listen to the record because there's no MTV giving you one song. That's all you're getting. There's no, you know, there, there is radio, but it's not consumed the same because there's Spotify, there's yeah, yeah, podcasts, yeah. there's all these other ways of ingesting music or TV licensing or video games or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're discovering bands that way. So, so to the point where now it's 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 all of that in one where you have to be doing everything you got to play the shows you got you got to have the songs but you got to have the record you got the art you got to have the brand because you can't fake bullshit now yeah yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you can read we know a band on you know we know a band we see them when they're showcasing we know when you're full of shit right sure it's sure sure and it's easy to smell um, the fans can smell that funny too. that it, we're, we're basically in 2017 and I, and i i recently reread steven tyler's book mm-hmm. and how they played toledo six times and that's it's going back to like 1974 again in a great word way. of mouth cool. playing. Uh-huh. That's how Maiden made made their their huge wave in the early 80s. They got no radio play. There was no videos. It was just touring, it's playing. playing, playing, playing. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any bands that you have a wish list of, of hoping to get for for your festivals at some point? Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay. Ra- re- the re- Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not um, Profits of Rage. Yeah. yeah. Who, who we like a lot. Still yeah. Profits. Yeah. Um, Tool. Mm-hmm. Um, System of a Down. Foo We're Fighters, Foo Fighters, yeah, that would be. A what up, one. Dave? Yeah, <laughs> Dave. Once again, bro. you got mentioned twice. Ohio, Ohio. I got your shots waiting at the Sunset Market. From Ohio, he is. He a, yeah. He used <laughs> to hang out at McDonald's. Right? Um, but no, we're we're humbled and and it, by any band. It's so funny. Any band that confirms, I still get giddy. Any band, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're in. I'm like, 
awesome. <laughs> you want to be involved with us? With us? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you my dream though. If we could, if you, Gary, you gotta make this happen. Get Led Zeppelin a reunion. Oh okay. wow, there Please. you go. It's gonna be hard. I'll never. My favorite drummer in the world is dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At son. least it's his son. But I think Robert. Yeah. I think Plant is the uh, the issue with. Oh, that. I know. I just that's right. a dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Band taught me to play guitar. It's probably one of the big reasons I'm in music. So. Did you guys go to any festivals when you were kids? You remember kind of the experience that kind of got you into it? That's the thing. You know, like there. It wasn't huge in America. Mm-hmm. I did go to the, the, the festival that changed my life was the Us Festival. Did you go? I went to. I was going to ask. That's one of my favorite. I have the whole thing on video I got in Japan. I love that. Yeah. So funny story. Um, I went to day three, not day two, which was Bowie. Um, day two was the metal day. Yes, it day was. Day three was kind of the yeah. pop. Well, there was rock. this young band who played third called U2. <laughs> which was still I, I, I that was still I, so what's your greatest show what's the best show you've ever seen you two at the US festival because wow. Bono had like he had, they had to prove it to the world mm-hmm. and he he was in the crowd he was up on the risers you've seen it with the white flag um, he did that at Live Aid too though he was he yeah. was a god from the moment he started yeah. that, god, that presence that he had right you could see and that I, I I, as a promoter, I want to like see this, you know, no, no, like I don't, but I do. I want to see the stage blow up. You know, I need to see that. I need to, or I get bored. Right, right. I think the typical fan does too. So uh, I went to the Us Festival and at the time I was, you know, really into, uh, uh, into like, this was my uh, Elvis Costello clash, you know, yeah. Joe Jackson yeah. era. So I didn't go to day two, but my car got broken into. And this was, I had uh, this was the era of cassettes in your car mm-hmm. and a whole shitload everything was stolen from my car but my thing of cassettes because I think it was like metal dudes who looked at my cassettes was like Elvis Costello and the Clash are like I don't want this shit <laughs> they, they stole everything but my that. cassettes <laughs> that's probably what it was uh-huh. <laughs> did you ever go to any festivals uh, I, honestly I, I I watched it on MTV you know I saw the Woodstock the Woodstock ninety nine or whatever I, it was, I was yeah. a little I, probably a little bit too young to really ingest and, and get a, obviously my mom probably would have let me I got grounded for Motley Crue cassettes but you know I went to Warp Tour when I was a kid that was a big big moment for me and watching the Woodstock I remember all the mud being thrown at Green Day right sure, sure, sure who sure, at the Warp yeah. Tour kind of who at the Warp Tour stands out for you during that era oh you know, I was there. Pennywise. I was there for Pennywise, man. I was there for the punk rock. I mean, that's why I was there. That's Story the of the year thing, was right. big for me at that time. Do you uh, ever have any relationship with Kevin Lyman at all, oh, who's yeah. the yeah. promoter of Warped? You bet. You Discuss bet. strategies or just kind of yeah. Well, there was one time a couple years ago where me and him uh, were um, the metal community was really down on us because why? We, because um, it was during the last year of Mayhem, mm-hmm. which he was part of, and. You know, punk bands used to always seem to to play together easier. Bad Religion, Pennywise, Rancid, you know, they always seem to be able... The metal bands have a hard time uh, going out together. I'm not going to play after that. I'm not going to be on the same ad line line as that band. Really? You still have that? Not as much, but a couple years ago, Kevin and I stood up and said, yeah, that's always been an issue with the metal community as opposed to the punk community. The punk rock bands seem to get along more. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of shit for that. So Kevin and I actually saw each other at a Dodger game right when this was going down and uh, and we kind of united on that he's he's a good man that's cool that's his heart's cool. in the right place have you uh, who are some of your favorite bands to deal with that you've had do you have you ever hang out with them at any point in time or yeah. just leave them alone or yeah it, because the more you hang out with them the more the more like creepy you get and, um, <laughs> you know uh, we, we, we do have um, some special relationships Papa Roach uh-huh. is is a house band oh, sure, for yeah, us yeah. Um, 
for a lot of reasons. One, they care, mm-hmm. you know, and they and they ne- they always show up. You know, I love bands that just are all just. Which there. now, when you're saying this, people may be going, well, "Of course, in the show," but there's still some bands that like. There's, there's nothing the worse motions. than in 2016 when there's rock stars and they don't show up, or they don't want to do something, or they don't yeah. give a shit. That doesn't fly as much as they get used to back in the day, right? A great, a great. I'll, 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 Andy Gould, good, good friend to us, said, "If you care more than the band does, you got to not work with that band." Problem, yeah. That's a great point. Um, tons of bands, dude. Um, I mean, I'm super close to the Five Finger guys, Chris mm-hmm. Kales. It's a cool thing. Me and Chris kind of came up in the business together before he got. When I got hired to work for Danny, Chris got his job with uh, Five Finger, and we've kind of grown in the business together. So I'm su- and Ivan's a Denver boy, and I'm from Denver. Oh yeah, right so on. I go back with Ivan a little bit. Like they've become good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jacoby, I, I geek out a little bit because I'm a fan. Listen to Papa Roach's first record on K Rock. And yeah, you're your last resort, and all of a sudden, Jacoby texts me. He's like, "Check out my new single. What do you think?" Yeah, like, I got that text too. Yeah, I'm like, it's rad, dude. It's fire. Jacoby's smart man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know? So no, tons of them. Yeah, to see, again, I t- we talked about Five Finger and Hailstorm. To see them rise up in the ranks with us, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a special relationship. Um, yeah, if, if uh, but I also uh, do make a point. We all do to not, you know, we, there's boundaries, man. You know, you're, you're and that's, that's that's actually one question I had for you. All uh, right. I had two questions for you. All right. Woo. Turn um, on me. First one is, do you get off more in playing in front of uh, a Rock on the Range or Northern Invasion more in front of 25, 30,000 people or a a Fozzie headline show that's packed for smaller than that? Yeah, 500 or something or 1,000. Yeah, is to, it a different approach? or? Hey, man, our, our rule, and that goes for all the guys in our band because, as you know, a band is a four-way marriage or a five-way marriage, and there's no room for assholes or rock stars. And, and over the years, we've had a couple, but our, our lineup of guys, it's the three of us in the core, but now the five of us, we get along, we have fun, but all of our mindset is 10 or 10,000. And we, you know, you don't have shows of 10 anymore, but you still get the couple stinker crowds, but it doesn't matter. You still, you don't punish the people who showed up. You don't punish the people who paid a ticket. I don't care if it's 100 or whatever it may be. And the other side of the coin is you're playing in front of 50,000 people. That's a whole other world because you might have 30,000 people that have no idea who you are. So that's a whole other thing, too. So I, I find it's it's obviously when it's your own show, everyone's there to see you. It's a fun time. It's a blast. But the bigger ones are harder to play, even though there's more people, because some of them don't know you. But those are also fun as well. And that's when you can kind of climb the rafters up into the, you know, the climbing the side of the stage and all that stuff. So to me, every show is 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 Madison Square Garden. Every show is Rock on the Range. Every show is 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 Carolina Rebellion. And if you act that way, people will always come back and the world will spread because we, we always see nobody leaves one of our shows not having a smile on their face or not having a good time. And that's even for people who don't know who we are, because that's our chance, you know. It's great to play to preach to the choir. But it's more of a challenge to get that guy in the front row with his arms crossed that finally uncrosses him at the end and goes, yeah. You know, Shadows and I talk about that quite often. I look for those guys. Right. I will jump right in and sing right to their face, even when they're not even looking at me. I remember we played Manchester one time. We were on tour with Drowning Pool or something. There was one guy who just would not budge. And I was right in his face and right in his face. And I was like, dude, what do I gonna have to do to make you smile if you want me to kiss you on the cheek and that made him smile and i was like i gotcha uh-huh. and then he went tough again but i got him i got him so that's kind of the vibe now you talk to like a stand-up comedian and they'll they'll be in front of you know a thousand people but they're stand-up comedians are weird uh, they're mm-hmm. they're like self-deprecating tortured to humans yeah <laughs> they'll they'll like pinpoint that but that one dude in the third in the mm-hmm. back was not even smiling that's right you, know? you can't um, be that way so, right yeah you can't be that way you know 
What was um, your other question? The other question was, you are an artist, mm-hmm. but you also um, are a businessman too. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you separate the two, or do you? I think, well, first of all, like for me, I think one of the biggest challenges is because, you know, I'm wrestling, I'm coming from a wrestling world. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I wanted to be in a rock band and I wanted to be a wrestler. And I never saw the, the reason why I couldn't do them both. And there's a great Paul Stanley quote from the the the, the metal years, was it called? Uh, the Pen- Penelope Spheris, did oh, the, the decline of the Western civilization, yeah. where he says, the only people that tell you can't do something are the ones that have failed. He said, I'm not going to tell you can't do something because I did it. You can do it. And I was like, oh, well, Paul Stanley says I can do it. So I think um, I've always had a duality. And because I come from the world of wrestling, I think we have to work twice as hard to get people's respect sometimes. But once we get it, we got it for life. And I'm sure Jared Leto went through that. I'm sure Taylor Momsen goes through it. And we're kind of used to that at this point, which is another reason why the 10 or 10,000 like, we'll fucking outwork anybody to get it. Because that's what we've always done. So if you can always come at it like... I think sometimes people might think, oh, it's it's a Fozzie thing, it's just a wrestling thing, or it's a it's a vanity project. And when they realize it's not, then they really get into it. I think Johnny Depp is having that right now with Hollywood vampires. You know, he's got because talking with Shep Gordon and Alice, they both love him because he's not Johnny Depp. He doesn't want anything special. He just wants to play music, the rhythm guitar player in the band. That's right. And I'm yeah. the singer of Fozzie. And it's like, well, what do you like? You sleep on the bus? Of course, I sleep on the bus. And we, you know, we eat the roast chicken that's in the dressing room. And if it's cold, we put a jacket on. Like I'm not getting picked up by my handlers and getting right. taken somewhere else. So that's how I keep it separate because it's real. It's 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 not just a passion. It's it's part of who I am. I'll be playing music. Whether it's in front of 100,000 people or seven people at a coffee shop, it's what I do. Uh, and the business aspect, I think you you have to be smart. Uh, I remember talking with Zach years ago, and he's like, oh, you know, I don't worry about the business stuff. I just worry Zach about the Wild. Zach Wild, sorry, uh-huh. music stuff. And, like, I never saw it that way. You have to be on top of the business. I, I, I find myself very in tune with Paul and Gene or with Lars because he's involved with every single aspect of the show. But the stuff he's not, like for me, like songwriting wise, I'm not involved in every aspect because Rich Ward is better at that than I am. So I'll put the lyrics in and he does the melodies and the music. So, but then I'll put the sandwich board on and promote it, you know, and come and do the dirty work to get that done. So I think the biggest thing about being in a band is knowing what everyone's uh, strengths are and don't try and be involved in everything. Let the dudes who do their best, I'm sure you guys deal with it as well, put it on Carolina Rebellion. You're not gonna get involved in what Gary does. Gary's not getting involved in what you do. Give you guys the respect to do the job. You know what I mean? That's a a great analogy. Yeah. That's exactly what happens with us. Sure. We we divide and conquer. Yeah. And yeah, you play to the strengths and and, and hire people that are better than you. Yeah, for that, yeah. <laughs> Just a couple last questions. Have you guys, uh, I, I'm going to bring up a Spinal Tap moment if you guys have ever had any, had any of those or seen any of them. I had a great one uh, at uh, Rock in the Range. Kerry King, Slayer, loves Fozzie. He loves our vibe, whatever, likes, likes, likes what we do. So whenever we play together, he always comes and watches. And it was funny because there's a great picture that someone took with Carrie's bald head with the giant, like, evil guy on it watching, and then I'm standing in front. So I see Carrie, and I'm like, I'm going to do a big jump off the drum riser, like a David Lee Ross special for the end. So I jump off the drum riser, and I land, and I fall down. I slipped and fell, and I'm like, King is going to never let this go. So as I slipped and fell, I deftly rolled. I took off my pack, and I jumped into the crowd all in one motion, and crowd surfed, and they brought me back in. And I was after- there for that. So that, ah. I didn't put that together. So King was like, 
He goes, you asshole. He goes, I was going to bury you for the rest of your life on falling on the Roth jump. And then you pulled out of it and still made it cool. I was like, I couldn't, I had to. I couldn't fall in front of you, especially you, you son of a bitch. So uh -huh. have you ever had any of those or seen any of those moments on stage? Hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, not, not me personally, yeah. but um, we had Judas Priest headline Rock on the Range. Mm. And Priest uh, demands um, kind of the silic like silicon thing on the stage that makes him easy to walk and slip and like slither around. Mm. And it was kind of raining. Uh, and it was uh, Judas Priest, Godsmack, Papa Roach. <laughs> so go back to Jacoby. So Jacoby, it was kind of raining. It was they were the third before, and it was packed house. And they, if you've seen Papa Roach, they move around a lot. Mm -hmm. And he was constantly like slipping and moving. <laughs> he, he gets off. I'm like, dude, that was such a great show. He's like, what's up with your stage, man? I, it was, well, yeah, but what the f and like, in, not in a hateful way. Sure. But I had to, and, and I just put it together immediately, like. Oh yeah, Judas Priest is playing. That's their stage, and he's like, "Okay, they're right. in Rob Halford." <laughs> you can't yell at that now. It's right. Halford's request. Sorry, but he, buddy. Was, he was. I'm like, yeah, he was slipping around a lot more. <laughs> it was there, right? And then, uh, and then the other one at Rock and the Range comes to mind is Scott Weiland's performance. Uh, May he rest in peace. Um, he was not well mm. and not his A game, Scott Weiland. And um, another rain story, I guess, but. Uh, Rock on the Range, as, as Clay said, and all our festivals, Northern Invasion, Carolina Rebellion, the fans like bring their A game. But this was the first time where I think an artist was in jeopardy of getting booed off stage. Wow. Um, and fortunately, a crazy rainstorm came. And it's just something connected between Scott Weiland's band and the crowd. And it saved him. Mm. And it, it kind of like woke him up from this foggy, weird days that he was in. Mm. Like maybe the, the rain, the wetness kind mm -hmm. of en energized him. But that was, um, I don't know if that answers the question, but that I remember does, that. Yeah, yeah that, that, it could have been a very uncomfortable moment. With Do you my see that from Lyle. time to time of, of, of obviously no names need to be mentioned, of seeing guys backstage who are totally out of their minds or, or messed up where you're like, God, dude, this guy's not going to do good tonight. And not, not as really. much as you would think, no. you know, people are. Guys have changed, that haven't goes, they? Yeah. That goes to the stereotype yeah. of what Gary kind of, we deal with and, and I deal with on the brand levels that they still think it's this crazy cocaine off strippers tits in the backstage and everyone's cheating on their wives no rock and roll's a business it's changed right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah dude yeah. it's if fucking boring back there yeah, i know yeah yeah because you guys why i just hang on the press tent and do yeah. press because there's nothing to do but you guys have to take care of yourselves and we have to take care of ourselves because we travel all the time yeah and if you're sick you can't perform and then you can't right. perform all of a sudden your business gets yeah your business is it, down so. especially at a show like your guys' show any one of them you want to get that good review so you get invited back mm -hmm. you know all it takes is one stinky show and you might not be uh involved for the next the few that has made everyone honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody's a journalist, yeah. right? But to, to, I want to answer my moment. We, Please. We is uh, Squeegee Man. Oh, but yeah. We, we got it. The <laughs> Rebellion. Squeegee Man. Got, do you know about the Squeegee No, I don't. So Rebellion, during when we were figuring out what was what we were going to do with the rain, you know, we had to keep the stages clean and got to keep them dry. And throughout the weekend, there's this one stage guy kept squeegeeing the stages, and he ended up turning into a celebrity. And... <laughs> This was the year we ended up canceling. Hollywood Undead ended up bringing him out before the cancellation happened. And he's rocking out. And, and the crowd starts chanting, squeegee man, squeegee man. And the, literally because we were being safe and, and not having the bands go on stage, just, we weren't evacuating anything. It just wasn't safe for the bands to play. We created this celebrity in, at Carolina Rebellion. <laughs> and, and now he's 
online. He's got his own merch. He's the he mayor needs to be of Rock the mascot. City. He, yeah. he has his own Facebook he's page, own Facebook and he's the mayor of Carolina <laughs> Rebellion. The girls give him his number when he walks through the ground. The he's got man. a pass for life with us. And he goes, he's, he's the squeegee man, and he rocks it. And, and we made him into a, a little Carolina Rebellion celebrity. Story. Do you guys have to? Um, you know, this, this too much about rain. Anybody I know listening? Rain. There's gonna be rain no rain. There's no rain. It'll be beautiful. There's no out there. Is there? Do you guys have to like if a band has a like a rider? Do you guys have to provide that? And if so, has there been any yes. really strange requests? Uh, I I used to when I first started with Danny, I used to go through these pretty in depth and nothing crazy, not not the cottage cheese in the football helmet, or, <laughs> right. you know. Anything Even like when that. Axel played, but, it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, <laughs> you get the green M and M's, but I know the bands do that because they want to make sure you're reading the writer. That, you know? That's why Van Halen did that's it. Read the classic, so. just M and M's with all the brown ones yeah, removed. It's, it's veggie plates, and you know some bands are vegan, so nothing crazy. God, it's nothing boring. We went to what? Slayer demands that uh, their food not be cold. Okay, I mean, I boy, what prima donnas, right? <laughs> I can't tell you what Manson, his rider has, but you know, I'm sure he has some very unique requests. <laughs> yeah. That, well, right. I'm going to change that. So, Fozzie, we want a rabbit hutch, and we want. Uh, I heard one time that Axel wanted fresh lamb roast. Uh, so I'm going to. I want a donkey backstage. I want a tricycle. I'm going to put all this Clay stuff on the rider. Note about Fozzie for next year. <laughs> Just visque. Well, the visqueen, the whole dressing room is the the funny. I guess requests we'll get from yeah. time to time. That's from the tour manager. What is it? Visqueen. You know, what is that? That's the that's the plastic that we use the waterproof. Stuff. Oh, so we ha we'll have a couple requests. I'm not gonna name any bands, but there'll be some requests. We need the visque in the room. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. You know uh, what's going on there. <laughs> Last question: What's your favorite concert you've ever seen at any time or place through your whole life? Is the one that stands out? I'll go first because I'm sure you have a yeah. much better story than I do. Uh, me it was Smashing Pumpkins, McNichol Sports Arena. It's a Barry Faye show. And it was my first concert I went to by myself. Old school, too. Old. McNichol Sports McNichol Arena. McNichol Sports yeah. Arena. Melancholy Infant Sadness Tour. It was right after, uh, it, unfortunately, they had the, the drug overdose yeah, of the yeah, keyboardist. Yeah. And, and they brought the filter drummer to play. Mm -hmm. So Jimmy Chamberlain was in the band at that time. But I got Yeehaw and I got Billy Corgan. And that was when they were, they were rocking, man. It was, it was probably a, a, a game changer. I think in the me. history of rock and roll, it's a pretty underrated band for how, how influential and how good they are. That's Smashing Pumpkins, big important band yeah. for me personally. Like huge, they'd be huge good on the on a Rock in the Range they, bill. They played, they played three once years ago. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I got three quick ones. I, I mentioned one. You two at the Us Festival oh, changed wow. my life. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be sitting here talking to you without that performance mm -hmm. and that festival. Um, I saw Rage Against the Machine at the Roxy. It was a warm up for what was supposed to be the Rage Against the Machine Beastie Boys Stadium tour, and then Mike D. Like Bono, uh, like broke his arm bike riding in, in Central Park. But I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you ever got to the world that that was that was a tour. Wow, I never heard that so before. They, so Rage did a warm up. And I'm telling you guys, there was there was sweat coming from the ceiling. <laughs> it was so killer. And then recently, I had the opportunity. I was one of the lucky 400 to go see Guns N' Roses at the Troubadour. Wow, that's the night that he broke his axe, yes. broke his foot, right? Yeah, like in the second song, but we didn't know it, dude. And that was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, that was a special night. I was in the pit. I was a fan. I oh, was you got to YouTube again. the video because you'll see Gary, Danny Wimmer in the pit. <laughs> being fan, being fan, it goes back to us being fans. They were fans. And it's not just them. Agents. Like Hollywood. Oh, dude, yeah, you leave all that stuff at the door they when you walk in. I mean, after all the years we waited for that. And then suddenly, even just seeing him, I saw him in Orlando at the stadium. And it was in Slash. We've toured with Slash and toured with Duff. But to see that lineup. That front line. Those three dudes. It was like, oh, it was it was you one bet. of the best shows I've ever seen. What about you? For me? Go ahead. I want to add one more in there yeah, yeah, yeah. real quick. Gary took me to Temple of the Dog a couple, mm -hmm. couple weeks ago, and that was a, a moment for me oh, to see a, a band that I only knew through 
just heard of and the heard song, him. Yeah. I didn't think they were ever going to play a show. To see that in Cornell. I'm a, and, I'm a huge cool. Mother Love Bone fan. Dude, I love Andrew hits. Wood, man. Oh. Well, and, and Andrew, he, he, that's, that he was been quoted so many times that he would play in front of 10 people but he may treated it like it was a he would talk thousand. to the back row which was also the front row right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mine uh star dog champion that's it man oh this is shangri-la holy roll i love that pan mm. uh for me uh iron maiden power slave tour 1984 um uh, twisted sister as the opener which in 1984 was like the two biggest bands you can have and just seeing the spectacle of the, the giant eddie and i don't even remember sonically if it was any good but i just remember the visual of it and getting to see iron maiden Maiden. Uh, and then also uh, the 30th anniversary of Metallica show when they did the uh, the Fillmore. Oh, wow. oh. And they did four nights and they did 80 songs in four nights. And the only one that they played every night was Seek and Destroy. The rest was all different from the go rest. all four? I went to two of them. Wow. But then I listened. But I mean, it's 76 songs they learned. And just to see that. And then anytime I see the Stones or McCartney, soundtrack to your life. You know, mm-hmm. you can't see a bad Stones show or a bad McCartney show to this day. So lots of lots of great first fans. record you ever bought. Uh, well, I was started as a Beatles fan, so they're all Beatles stuff. But first uh, metal record I bought was Ozzy Blizzard of Oz, mm-hmm. and the reason for that was because when I went to junior high school and I had my homemade Beatles shirt, uh, people were laughing at me because it wasn't cool like the Beatles back then. Right. And plus, all the chicks were wearing Ozzy shirts and Maiden shirts, and I was like, if I ever want to try and get a date with any of these girls, maybe I should try and listen to some of that music. So yeah, but, but Blizzard of Oz is not that much different from a Beatles. I I mean, it's a heavy Beatles, but like Good Might of Romance, it's a Beatles song, dude. You can hear the difference. Ozzy would love to hear that from you. Oh, I would. I yeah, think. he's on my must-have list. You know, he's a I, Beatles kid. He would appreciate that, I think, times under. Yours, mm-hmm. yours, first album? Was, um, it was two. It was Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Ah, classic. And Beatles Live at the Hollywood Bowl. Ah, <laughs> you know, look, that's, yeah, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, they actually just came out with a remaster of it. I saw that. I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I went to the Hollywood Bowl a couple times, and all I ever think about when I'm there is like Beatles live at the Hollywood yeah. Bowl. They played here. That was my yeah. So are you more? Of, are you? Uh, I'm gonna go with Revolver as your favorite Beatles record. No, um, I mean that's. I mean you can't go wrong with with basically any of them. But I'm an Abbey Road guy. That's mine. Yeah. yeah. The White Album's pretty damn cool too. So it's funny because what I didn't know is that Charlie Benanti from Anthrax is is a huge Beatles fanatic and he and I are really tight and it was because of the Beatles that we became friends like really close. That's awesome. So when you get those Beatles boys, you know, know all the the minutia of it. Anthrax is rad because again, the second time I'm going to mention Joe Jackson Mm -hmm. because the time. Yeah, because they're kind of Anthrax kind of punk rockers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also too. Charlie, um, Scott to an extent, but Charlie loves all that stuff. He loves Joe Jackson. He loves Dave Matthews. He loves Husker Du. He's got a right. huge like Bowie and all that stuff. You know, that's yeah. I think that's what brings together uh, a great band is having influences like like Rich Ward from Fozzie. He uh, his favorite band is is, is like uh, Sticks and Journey, and he also loves Cool and the Gang, and he loves right. you know obscure '70s bands like Player, and all that stuff comes in through our music because it gets a little groove the groove yeah. is there the funk you know and i think that's what makes bands unique is it can't all be i love metallic i love sabbath right. you know that gives you the uh the variety the diversity what was the players big hit maybe come back oh sure 
Yeah. Don't you need to know? Maybe come back. Isn't that the era of like uh, exile? Yeah. Um, remember, uh, I want to kiss, kiss you all, all over. over. But gun, see, gun, all gun. those guys in those bands sang. So you'd have a four-piece band, and all four would be singing, including the drummer, yeah. who would have the shitty little mic stand right there. <laughs> yeah, right, he's moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all could see what I just watched. <laughs> we're just, we're right. being drummers with the thing. Even, drummers. even Don arrive, Henley. First to arrive and last to leave. That's it. Right. Exactly. You last with your first album you had uh you guys are gonna you guys have way better first albums than i do um growing up in a christian household oh nice what's it gonna be amy grant oh i was gonna go for petra but uh, amy grant you got amy grant and then <laughs> then my dad the, the next two cassettes i got was bon jovi slippery and wet and uh and then janet jackson that's better rhythm Control. nation, nation. nation. Rhythm nation. there you go much better and then my first rock t- cassette was motley crew that i got grounded on uh which one theater uh, no dr feel dr feel good okay <laughs> guys getting ready for the world's loudest month this is going to be awesome man thank you so much for doing this Thanks yeah for dude us. love you and uh northern invasion that's for the one i want to see everybody at for to see fozzy we're going to be the northern invasion maybe come back <laughs> All right, the Northern Invasion Rock Festival 2017 has been announced. May 13 and 14 in Somerset, Wisconsin. Soundgarden and Kid Rock headlining the Somerset Amphitheater in Somerset, Wisconsin. Fozzie's going to be playing there as well. The list of bands also playing are endless. Tickets available now at northerninvasion.com. Don't forget about Carolina Rebellion. Don't forget about Rock in the Range. And a big thanks to Gary and Clay of Danny Wimmer Presents for coming on TIJ to talk all things heavy metal and rock. Great stories about the festivals and bands. And man, you can't beat any of their festivals lineups they give you a great bang for their buck so get your tickets now northerninvasion.com and guess what the latest podcast the newest addition to the jericho network beyond the darkness debuts this monday december 19th dave schrader and tim dennis of darkness radio fame discuss all things paranormal they've got a huge fan base and they're bringing the brand over here to the jericho network they got expert researchers ghost hunters paranormal cryptozoology regular people have experienced the unknown dave has taken part in hundreds of investigations and tim's experiences date back to his childhood when he was visited by his dead relatives i know you guys are going to love this one and to give you a sneak peek uh, on Friday, you're going to get Darkness Radio. Beyond the Darkness is going to be here on Talk is Jericho. You have a nice sample to see if you like uh, if you like these guys, which I'm guarantee they're going to creep you out. And they got their own podcast debuting on the Jericho Network at Podcast One. Beyond the Darkness, December 19th on Monday. Then, of course, we got Tame Tiger Awesome every Sunday morning. This week, uh, they did a create a Star Wars character, which was hilarious. Got to check that out. Uh, Crap Dude Fighter was my favorite uh, character they created. And don't forget uh, Super Smart Wrestling Discussion and Analysis with Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. A Conan is on this week extending the olive branch to Cyrus to join him on keeping it 100 with Conan and to settle his feud with Disco Inferno Conan and his crew are on Thursdays and of course Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday hit the subscribe button on iTunes leave everyone on the Jericho Network a 5 star rating and review thank you all for supporting this show and supporting the sponsors don't forget my OG sponsor Amazon you can find the Amazon links at podcast1.com click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page and hit the Talk is Jericho button you got them uh, links for USA UK Canada no extra fees or hidden charges every time you buy something Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to the show to cover production costs. It's Christmas time. I did all my shopping on Amazon. If you're going to do the same, do it through the Talk is Jericho links. Just go to podcast1.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All right, you find all the rest of my great sponsors there. DDPyoga.com. Buy a max pack or a combo pack. Get a second for 50% off. What a deal. What a bargain. Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com. Enter my promo code Jericho in the search bar. You get the family gift pack for $49.99. Another huge, huge deal. Jack Threads. Go to jackthreads.com. Enter my promo code Jericho. When you submit your tryout, you get 20% off anything you keep and send back whatever you don't want for free. And don't forget, March 15th, 2017, 87 days and counting. 
It's the biggest podcast ever. When Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho for the first time, thank you so much for listening. I know you're going to love that show and love all the future shows coming up. And keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. Like I said, on Friday, Dave and Tim from Beyond the Darkness. They're debuting on the Jericho Network this Monday, December 19th. And they're going to be here on Friday on Talk is Jericho, talking all things paranormal. Be prepared to be freaked out by the black-eyed kids, bloody bones, man, Bigfoot ghosts, and some of the outer body experiences that Tim has had in his life. It is a tremendous, intriguing, creepy conversation and just a taste of what you're going to get on the newest podcast of the Jericho Network. Beyond the Darkness here this Friday. We'll see you then. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.